Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock! Ash Wednesday. Happy Ash Wednesday here from the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out. Tony Kennett, the Tonus, filling in. President Trump, former President Trump, made it to East Palestine, Ohio. Donald Trump made it to East Palestine, Ohio before Joe Biden before Pete Buttigieg, before any senior White House official brought some donation stuff. There was water, a lot of cleaning supplies. He visited, of course, that toxic train derailment site. Yep. This is going on three weeks now, and no upper official from the White House has made a stop in Ohio yet. Joe Biden had the opportunity, Tony. He jumped on a bird and went to Ukraine. Couldn't make a pit stop. Didn't think that was going to be a good idea. Did not make a pit stop. Just went to Ukraine. So Donald Trump, who is running for president, thought, you know what? Now is the time. He was there today. It's so easy just to stop by and just say, hey, we support you guys. We're here for you. We're going to try to do everything we can to return your lives to normal. That's it. That's all you have to say. A 15-minute speech is all that needs to be done on the ground from a political presidential campaign perspective. Biden has given every indication he's running again in 2024. He's going to you know, get back on the powered wheelchair and drive into town. He is ready to go, I guess. Uh, as long as that is eventually heading to Ukraine. If it comes to the American citizens who are suffering, no, nope, sorry, you don't really matter on the list. Uh, that's just lip service you'll be getting at the next State of the Union. And a lot of people are saying on social media, well, what's the point of him going there? What's Pete Buttigieg going to do? What's Joe Biden going to do? Donald Trump is just there for a photo op. But if you see the reaction of these people in East Palestine, Ohio today, cheering for somebody to come and speak with them and let them know, hey, I know this is bad right now, but we're thinking about you guys and you're on our list of things to get to. That alone goes a long way. So a lot of the things that Republicans really enjoyed in Donald Trump was his willingness to kind of place himself alongside the common man, at least in his campaign. That was what he was famous for. He was just the, the common guy that you could grab a beer with. That's kind of the idea that he was you know, putting That's forward. That's the image he wanted to put out there. Yeah, well Newsflash, said. you were never having a beer with Donald Trump. One, he doesn't drink, and two, you weren't going to be invited. <laughs> yeah, well said. But President's, Trump, President Trump's image was going to pick up Otto uh, from the airport after the North North Korean incident. That was the image of him sitting on the airplane at two in the morning, putting his own wants and needs aside to go to where uh, he needed to be in the eyes of Americans. That is going to rally his base. It is. And I'm not someone who's particularly going to be voting for, for Trump in the primary. But my question for Nikki Haley at this point is, where were you? Where are you? 
Just just stop by. It takes very little time. You're not doing anything else right now. Go to East Palestine. Show that Republicans, at least all of the Republicans in the primary, and we'll, of course, get to others entering the race later, uh, all you have to do is show that you care about the common Midwesterner. That matters a lot to people in western Pennsylvania and eastern Ohio. When you're in what's known as flyover country, right. having the attention of your elected officials is a big thing. It's important. Now, before they landed in Ohio, Donald Trump Jr. put out this video on social media. Since Pete Buttigieg, Joe Biden, the Democrat Party, and basically most of Washington, D.C. refuses to do their actual job, uh, someone's got to step up and actually fill that void. So we are now boarded uh, Trump Force One, waiting for the big guy, not the 10% big guy, just my big guy. (laughs) And we're going to go to East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, We're going to meet with the people there. It seems like just Donald Trump actually announcing that he was going to go there um, in and of itself uh, got finally FEMA to act after they said they weren't going to do anything, after they said, well, you know, it's not really our thing. Of course, it's never their thing, right? Uh, Guess what? Ukraine's not our thing either, and yet we're there giving them trillions, okay? So while Joe Biden's giving away your taxpayer dollars and billions uh, to Ukraine, uh, Donald Trump's going to step up and fill that void, be out there fighting and supporting the American people. He's right. He's right. He, he, he is correct in this specific circumstance. Set aside the stuff that Trump says on Truth Social. This is a very, very good image. If I am a publicist in a campaign, that's the kind of stuff that I want putting out there. So Trump landed near the site where the toxic train derailment happened. We've got some audio here. Allison, go ahead and pot me up. This is former President Donald Trump speaking today. What this community needs now are not excuses and uh, all of the other things you've been hearing, but answers and results, and that's what I think you're going to say. See, uh, Norfolk Southern needs to fulfill its responsibilities and obligations, and I see that they're starting to come here now, too, because they also were saying they're not coming. But it means that the affected communities beyond the borders of East Palestine, Palestine are Uh, going to be taken care of. And they've said so, and they've said it loud and clear, and I think they probably mean it. I sincerely hope that when your representatives and all of the politicians get here, including Biden, they get back from touring Ukraine, that he's got some money left over, because we're now at $117 billion. And as you probably know, Europe, when you add it all up, is at about $10 billion. That's a big difference, wouldn't you say? What this so that was Donald Trump earlier today speaking in East Palestine, Ohio. So Trump's there. He got there before the transportation secretary. Now, Pete Buttigieg is the transportation secretary. The reason we know this, it's kind of like baseball. I'm a baseball guy. If you notice the umpire, if you know who the umpire's name is, if you get a baseball game and you see Angel Hernandez is behind the plate. No, no, no. There's a problem. You shouldn't know who the transportation secretary is. But when you do know, it's never a good thing. We know Pete Buttigieg is the transportation secretary because it's been a disaster. This dude has been so in over his head since the minute he took this gig. And last night, a reporter from the Daily Caller caught up with Pete Buttigieg and his husband, Chaston. Now, it was kind of one of those guerrilla style, they found him on the street, TMZ style deals where you run up and you talk to the guy. We can debate whether or not that's ethical or not. But the fact of the matter is, 
when you're at that level of a politician in Washington, there's no personal time during a crisis. If everything were fine right now and Pete and his husband were going out for a dinner and going out for a date and said, hey, I'm not talking right now. Okay, maybe we could have that discussion. But when your job affects the way other people live their life, I'm sorry, when a crisis is going on, you don't get to have personal time. Take a listen to what happened last night. Secretary, what do you have to say? Hi, how are you? Good. Jenny Chair at the Daily Caller News Foundation. What do you have to say to the folks in Ohio, East Palestine, who are suffering right now? Well, I'd refer you to about a dozen interviews I've given today. And uh, if you'd like to arrange a conversation, uh, make sure to reach out to our press office. Well, I've had a conversation with you. Just walk you don't have a message here. for them? I do, and I shared it with the press many times today. I'd refer you to those comments. Sharing it with us? No, I'm going to refer you to the comments that I made to the press because uh, right now I'm taking some personal time and I'm walking down the street. Are you going down there? <clears throat> What's that? Are you going down there at all? Um, yep, yeah, I am. When are you going? Uh, I'll share that uh, when I'm ready. Okay, I'm talking thank down the street. you. Can I, get a, can I get a photo of you? Yeah. And then he asked to take a photo of the girl that's asking him the question yeah, yeah, that's, that's which is the, weird that's the part here that bothers me so again if he if all he would have said is i've given comments to the press i'll be happy to take an inner with you an interview with you uh let, let's say tomorrow the first thing when i'm on the job i would be more sympathetic and i'm still like you said you're on the job during a crisis i would be more sympathetic to him in this case uh, marginally, though, as that would be, if that were his response. But it wasn't. He didn't just say, hey, just give me a few moments. I'll be with you first thing tomorrow. I'm taking a personal uh, evening. It's been a rough couple of days. He didn't do that, though. He kind of beats around the bush, tries to kind of get a quick sucker punch in at the Daily Caller News Foundation. And then he, he asks for a photo. Wait, wait a minute. Are you on the are you on duty or are you not? Are you taking a personal evening or are you not? Oh, now that it looks like you're going to be able to throw some sucker punches at a conservative news outlet. Now you want to take the photo and get some punches in. Oh, OK. I see where your priorities are. They certainly aren't with the people of East Palestine guy's a weirdo. What's he going to do with the picture? What list is this reporter now going to appear on? Which FBI list, you know, which IRS list is this reporter going to appear on? And I'm sorry, the whole personal time bothers me. There are some jobs that when a crisis is happening, you don't get to tell somebody I'm taking personal time. Right. Like when a hurricane hits, George W. Bush caught hell when he just flew over the damage and didn't really stop and go down there. And he played a lot of golf. He was raked over the coals, and rightfully so. But why are we giving a pass to Pete Buttigieg here? I'm going on a date with Chastid. We're having personal time. No, there's a damn crisis going on in Ohio right now that maybe that should have your full attention. There's no personal time yeah. when there's major crap going on. Wasting away. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. I can't remember if it was Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, or my old college roommate that said, tequila makes everything better. It oh, does. That's a Ben Franklin quote with the ladies of <laughs> with the ladies of Paris. Man, it is National Margarita Day today, and uh, you can't have a good margarita without the key ingredient which is tequila and joining us in studio our friends from hiatus tequila brett glaze glazer my man welcome back thank you i appreciate the time today 
So there are a couple different types of margaritas that are available. There's like the frozen kind. There's the ones that are on the rocks. Which kind are you? Like, if you had to go margarita, which side? I'm a purist. I'm, I'm on the rocks. And ah. salt or no salt? No salt. Okay. I, I have enough vices in my life. I, I, that's <laughs> one I try to, you know, no no salt on my French fries as well. Man, I no wish. No salt on your French fries. That's too far. I wish salt was considered a vice in my life because, <laughs> damn, I've got some heavyweights on the list here, but salt's nowhere near that. Uh, now, Hiatus Tequila, you are partnered with here. For those who might not have heard our conversations before, tell us about Hiatus Tequila. Yeah, uh, this sounds very cliche, but we're an authentic Mexican tequila, so... None of that French tequila, like they sell down the roads. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, very clean, very pure, no additives, uh, no preservatives, uh, ground to glass, as we like to say. So, um, just very simple. So, clean, refreshing, easy to drink, um, and very agave forward, as we say. Um, I think maybe our president was partaking in uh, some margaritas day. I saw where he, <laughs> he, he fell going up the steps of Air Force One or maybe going down, so I, yes. I, I think he's celebrating today as well. <laughs> as I posted on Twitter, I think he's one more fall on stairs away from me getting a free drink at Speedway with my speedy <laughs> rewards points. One more fall and I think I get a free 44-ouncer. Um, but hiatus tequila, I was talking with uh, Kayla from Wish TV about hiatus tequila earlier today. Thank you. Giving you a little shout out. And it's so crazy, my life in tequila, when I was a young knuckle head fake id into actual age 21 years of age early 20s i would buy that nasty yellow junk the battery acid right in a big plastic jug like there was an osco by ball state a freaking osco and i was like well i've got like six bucks to my name i can get this much tequila hot damn let's go and it was nasty and you drank it warm but you were thankful for it because you were a broke college kid as you get older like i became a tequila snob i can't have that crap anymore like i want the hiatus tequila i want it in my freezer i have to have it cold and that's the way that i do business now if tequila is made right it's uh you know it, it's stereotyped uh people and there's nothing wrong with drinking in a margarita interesting fact uh for the past 20 30 years um the margarita has been the number one cocktail in the u.s so it's a total vacation move right 100 like i drink some pretty hard booze but if i'm going on vacation if i'm in florida if i'm by a beach I'll drink a margarita, man. I want to be that tourist. Why not? So, but uh, yeah, it gets stereotyped that the only way you can drink it is a margarita or a shot in a bar or with your buddies on the weekend or whatever. But you or can, during a radio show, I don't know. During a radio show, um, <laughs> wherever just, it may be. Just as long as it's not that swill they serve at Epcot. That stuff is or in in a, not what are the, the circle of countries. Yep. They get oh, it's horrible. Stuff's ter- like turns my stomach over walking out in the heat. I I can't do that. I never knew Tony Kennett was a Disney tequila guy. Uh, there was a one time. Oh, and, be damned. Uh, it was, it, that was the first and the last. Yeah, I, I can't do the <laughs> Disney adult thing either. That was, nope, that was a one trip. Allison is our new producer, by the way. Allison, it's days like today you're happy you're working with us and not Tony Katz anymore, right? Yes, finally my kind of stuff. <laughs> Forget the beer. I love margaritas. Now, you brought some margaritas. Uh, Mr. Kennett, will you please show it in front of your camera there for those watching on the YouTube I'm stream? I'm not Vanna White, but I'm close. What do we got here? Uh, so, just to make things easy, uh, there's actually a company. Uh, 
we're we're based out of Mexico, like all tequila. So to be oh, a man. true authentic tequila, you have to come from the Jalisco uh, region in uh, in Mexico. Um, but uh, our founder, owner, and corporate headquarters are all based in Brooklyn, uh, Manhattan area. And there's a company, um, a, a non-alcoholic company called Q. They're based out of Brooklyn, and they've got a margarita mix. So I simply just mixed up some premium tequila the hiatus obviously some when the mexicans and folks in brooklyn get together it's only good things (laughs) exactly (laughs) what could possibly go wrong that's the melting pot we were looking for in this country right so some q margarita mix (laughs) um hiatus tequila we use we're using the blanco today we do have a repo on yeho but just for what's the difference if like if somebody's a not somebody that's into tequila they go to the store they see blanco they see something else what's the difference yeah so you've got about three four different types um actually you can go up to four or five because there's something called cristalino but uh the mainstays the four mainstays are blanco repo añejo and extra añejo and the differences are how long they've been aged so blanco hasn't been aged uh repo can be aged anywhere from two months to a year and añejo is anywhere from a year to three years we age our añejo Añejo for one year, and then an extra Añejo is anywhere from three years to five years. So it's just how long it ta- how long it's aged. That's the only difference. And where can we find Hiatus Tequila? At? Well, thank you for asking. So we've got a lot of support in the local market. Twenty uh, First Amendment, Crown, Big Red, Payless, all the Hughes Culinary properties uh, promote us on their cocktail list. I have a half empty one in my office. Well, you're going to have uh, another one today. So nice, I, I, I nice. Brought, I came bearing grif- gifts. So uh, Slippy Noodle, Ale Emporium, we've got a lot of great partners. We're very blessed. Well, thank you so much. So let's all do a big cheers here. Cheers. It's National Margarita Day on the count of three. Everybody cheers. One, two, three. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Thanks, guys. Oh, this tastes like fun. This is going to get me into trouble here. Our <laughs> five o'clock hour, Allison. I might be without pants. I'm just telling you right now. Get your big girl pants on because it's going to get kind of dicey over here. Okay. Yeah, I think you're going to make it longer than I will. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Glaze, Hiatus Tequila. Thank you so much, Susan Deckert. You're the best. Thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIPC. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nigel is out. Tony Kennett filling in. And Tony, we have a special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Yeah, we do. Greg Price is a king. There's just no other way to say it. A we, king among men. A king among men. Uh, we used to write together uh, just out of college at this little tiny magazine called The Lone Conservative. And now, dude's doing huge stuff. He's the senior digital strategist over at X Strategies. And uh, there is nothing that this man doesn't know. I go to him <laughs> for all of the video twip, the all of the video clips I play off of Twitter. He's the man that posts him first. I don't know how he's that quick. What's up, Greg? How you guys doing? Geez, Tony, my head's swelling up a bit here. Great to be on, and happy Ash Wednesday to both of you. To you as well. So let's start with Ohio. You've got Donald Trump in Ohio today passing out water, passing out supplies. Is it a photo op? Maybe. But at least he's there. Pete Buttigieg says that you can't bother him on personal time. Joe Biden's falling upstairs, leaving Ukraine and other countries. What are your thoughts on what you're seeing right now in Ohio, Greg? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can build a bigger contrast between America first and America last 
than, you know, Donald Trump visiting East Palestine, Ohio, just, you know, just showing up is a big deal when a president or even a former president comes to town. It's, it's a major deal for all the people who live there. And he came and he, you know, he, he spent tens of thousands of dollars on food and water that was being delivered to the people there today. Um, you know, he's there talking to residents doing and all and all that. And meanwhile, the actual the guy who is the actually the president of the United States uh, went overseas to Ukraine to pledge even more American taxpayer money to fund another endless war on the other side of the planet. And meanwhile, the White House is like slow walking FEMA assistance being delivered to Ohio. So I think, you know, going into this presidential election, you really can't you, you couldn't draw a, a bigger contrast between the priorities of the two candidates. And that's something that really, I don't know, really goads me because at least during President Trump's uh, time in office, uh, he forwent his presidential salary. Uh, he, he always did things that really resonated with the common American, at least regarding money situations. And now here he is, you know, spending his money on the citizens of East Palestine. And uh, he did something that a lot of people said he was going to suck up to the corporations and he was going to, you know, be really nice about this. And yet he came out and he actually delivered a firm backhand slap to Norfolk Southern. Yeah, that's absolutely that's absolutely right. Um, you know, he came out against Nor- obviously Norfolk Southern. They they refused to even show up to the town halls that were happening in East Palestine. And I think that's really important because I think there's still on the political right today, there's still not enough people who have gotten behind the idea that big corporations are not our friends. Right. Um, the Republican Party of the past was obviously the party of, of corporations or the party of business. But that's not really what the Republican Party is anymore. That's not where the country is. We need to understand that, you know, the largest corporations in this country have just as much, if not more, power than the United States government does. And they are hurting our country in immense ways every single day. That's true when it comes to Norfolk Southern. That's true when it comes to Google. It's true when it comes to BlackRock. It's true when it comes to all these things. So I'm glad Donald Trump. I'm glad President Trump came out strong against Norfolk Southern, as we need to do against all of the mega corporations destroying our country. On the other end of the political scale, you have your transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg. Greg, I'm sure you've probably seen the video of him out on a date night last night with Chaston, and they're walking through the streets, and a young lady who's a reporter with The Daily Caller comes up and kind of does the TMZ-style in-your-face camera asking questions. But Pete Buttigieg made it perfectly clear he was on personal time. Greg, you cover this stuff closer than anybody. Is there such a thing as personal time when there's a crisis going on and you're the guy in charge? Oh, no. Why is a reporter bothering Pete Buttigieg? <laughs> uh, but, but first of all, shout out to, to Jenny, Jenny Fair. She's my former coworker. I used to work with her at The Daily Caller. She did a really, a really great job confronting Buttigieg like that. She's the only reporter who will confront Buttigieg like that. Obviously, all of these corporate media outlets are not going to do that. So we have to rely on alternate media like The Daily Caller. And no, there is no such thing as personal time when people of East Palestine, Ohio, are breathing in toxic chemicals every single day. If you're some, if you're the guy who was literally in charge of our country's transportation, and there is a major transportation disaster that has occurred and is literally 
destroying in a small town. No, there's no there's there's no personal time. People are going to ask you about it. And, you know, the fact that one day after Jenny films this video that goes really viral, the fact that one day later they announced that Buttigieg is finally actually going to go to East Palestine. You know, again, it's these people, they simply do not care. Um, they simply do not care about East Palestine. They don't care about these people. It's a small town that voted. It's a small town in the Midwest that voted for Donald Trump. So why the hell should they? So this is the question that I have because you're a, a strategist who actually spends a lot of time contemplating what is going to have a lot of weight and what isn't going to matter going into a primary and a general election. So East Palestine is one of these situations that I look at in the responses and the lack of response from Biden, the lack of response from Haley. Looking at the primary and then into the general, is this going to be a defense? defining moment that Americans remember and vote based on? Or is this going to be uh, just another run-of-the-mill event that while it's really a a serious thing now, uh, voters really won't take to the ballots with them? I think think in certain states, like especially in more blue-collar areas of the Midwest, I think this is definitely a thing, you know, blue-collar voters will remember, which is the fact, which is the lack of action by the Biden administration after this major disaster. I think, you know, we live in a world of 24 second news cycles these days. So, you know, maybe, you know, stories like this get forgotten fairly quickly. Um, But I, you know, I hope, you know, I obviously hope voters remember this as they go to the, to the ballot box in 2024 and, and as they should, like it's an absolute disaster. Um, The fact and the fact that Pete Buttigieg still even has a job makes it even more ridiculous. Greg Price joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. He's the senior digital strategist for X Strategies. So in terms of stories that have been kind of swept under the rug, I want to get into what happened with the Air Force and records and jennifer ruth green and her sexual assault being outed by politico because it feels like greg this is a really big story that was in the news cycle maybe for a day and now you've got politico left-leaning politico with this headline making it look like there's some big investigation going on knowing damn well that that weasel adam wren and the higher-ups at politico got inside information and they outed someone's sexual assault for the sake of politics it's disgusting and it's gross and i'm happy that you're somebody that has a national platform here that actually talks about this Oh, what they did to Jennifer Ruth is absolutely disgusting. And just like full disclosure, I was on her comms team during this election. So, I, you know, I was fully out watching this whole thing as it happened. And I can't, you know, I can't remember a time when I've seen more dirty politics than this. And I don't think we'll ever see politics this dirty. You know, and, you know, it's, it's going to be very hard to pass something like this. And, you know, the Politico wrote that story. What they what they left out of it, curiously, is the fact that when Politico first reported Jennifer Ruth Green's military records back in October um, and revealed the fact that she was sexually assaulted while serving in Iraq. What they what they left out of the story that they wrote the other day is that they completely lied how they obtained her military records. I mean, back in October, Adam Wren and Brad Spring, who is the, the spokesperson for Politico, claimed that they obtained them through a standard FOIA. And then it, eventually we realized that was a lie. They obtained it through this consulting company that was working with the DCCC. And so basically they, they leaked her military records and the military records of others, but they leaked her records in 
was forced her to have to confront the fact that she had been sexually assaulted. And the only reason they did it was to smear her as a failed military officer, because, you know, having a black female Republican who was pro-life, you, you can't, that's a threat. That make, that's a threat to the left. And that and people like that make their heads explode. And so it was absolutely gross politics. And what's even worse is the fact that that piece of crap, Frank Mervan won. And it sounds like, unfortunately, Greg, these pieces of crap got away with it because we talk about it on our show. I know you put it out there on Twitter, but the mainstream media was not interested in this story of an African-American who served her country being outed for sexual assault. I didn't even hear some of the Republicans in the state of Indiana where this took place stepping up to support her all that much. It was really gross that these losers got away with it. Yeah, you know, and if you ask them about it, they'll probably give a similar answer that Harry Reid gave when he was asked about completely lying about Mitt Romney never paying taxes, which his answer was, well, Mitt didn't win, did he? Yeah, it's, it, it, you know, I'm, I'm still mad about it. Like, as, as I said, I worked on her campaign, and I'm, I'm, I have not gotten over the fact that she lost, and I will still be mad about it for a very, very long time. It's literally, it's gross. And, you know, I got to give a shout out to some of the Republicans in Indiana, such as Jim Banks, who right. was fully, fully in support of JRG after this happened. And he was out there, you know, going after the people who did this. But like just for everybody in the audience, just know that, you know, the left claims, you know, they're, they're here for women. They support women's rights. They support minorities. When a black woman was running against them and was, was a serious threat to taking one single House seat, what what these people did is, is they came out and then forced her to have to confront how she was sexually assaulted. They went to the Air Force and, and illegally obtained her records. That That's the extent they were willing to go in order to beat her. And that's the extent these people will go in order to gain power. And it's, it's gross. It's absolutely disgusting. And what kind of accountability is there for groups that obtain records illegally like this and disseminate those with a purpose of defaming the character of, uh, of for, former officers who are running for Congress? Well, I, I don't know if you saw, but House Republicans announced that, that, that they're going to be investigating this because, like I, as I said before, it wasn't just her records that were illegally leaked. There were apparently 11 Republican candidates who and and current members who had their who had their private military records leaked like this. Wow! So there is an, there is an investigation that's going to be uh, about this in the House, um, and we'll see what the accountability is. Obviously, we're very black filled on these investigations at this point, but we'll we'll see where it goes. Greg, one more thing here before we let you go. James O'Keefe out at Project Veritas, he was kind of the face of that franchise. It's very bizarre. They're claiming that there's a lot of expenses tied to him that were over the top, but this was the franchise. And I know you're a sports guy too, so I think you'll understand this. It reminds me of when... Jimmy Johnson was the coach of the Cowboys in their dynasty days. There was a practice team guy that fell asleep in a team meeting, and Jimmy cut his ass right away. When asked if that were Troy Aikman, what would you have done? He said, I would have got him a pillow. So looking at Project Veritas here, this is the face of the franchise. Did he spend a little much? Sure. But what's going on here? Because it sounds kind of fishy to me. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly fishy, especially with the timing right after they dropped the biggest story that Project Veritas has ever done with that guy from Pfizer. It's incredibly weird. And, you know, even so, so Project Veritas is a nonprofit. So there are certain rules about what money, you know, they're allowed to spend for personal, 
expenses like this and what they're and and you know what they aren't because they're a C three and not a C four. But you know they have you know the Project Veritas board is kind of implying that he was spending donor money in an illegal way for a nonprofit, but they have not released the evidence showing this. All they've done is release all of these like line by line items. The fact that he spent a lot of money on Uber black cars and he spent money on like company events and, and all of these other things. And my immediate thought was if he was spending if he was spending this money illegally, you have to let people know this. But right. they, but they really didn't. Like if it's just him spending a lot of money and the board didn't like that, then it's incredibly weird that they would fire him because James O'Keefe is a genius. He's one of the most brilliant people that have ever existed in conservative media, and he has he has broken some of the biggest stories, you know, ever. Like the the amount of risk that with the amount of risk that he has put into it and built Project Veritas from the ground up, it seems incredibly weird that you would fire this guy. That, you, that the board would move to get rid of him, you know, over spending too much money on Ubers, it makes absolutely no sense. Right. Like, if he actually did something illegal, show us the evidence that he did that, but they haven't done that yet. Greg Price, Senior Digital Strategist for X Strategies on Twitter, at Greg underscore Price 11. Greg, thanks so much for making the time to chat with us here in Indy, man. Uh, yeah, great to be on with you. Thanks for having me. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer, Tony Kennett filling in for Big Nige. A new study says that a four-day work week not only makes employees happier, they also make businesses happier because the businesses make more money. So in a related story, Amazon employees are expressing dismay after being told to get back to the office after three days. So it sounds like this four-day workweek concept is picking up some steam. So the geniuses at Hammer and Nigel Records, our record label, decided to give these people an anthem. And when we put this together, we were listening to a lot of Loverboy. Everybody wants a shorter work week. Back Come to on. work. Everybody. Work, 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 work. Nobody really wants to work at all. It's gonna work. I need some coffee. The study showed that everyone is lazy. Dealing with a hundred different <laughs> problems and responsibilities. We'd rather loaf and shop on Amazon, yeah. You want an office romance? <laughs> well, you won't have a chance. <laughs> and though your boss is a jerk... You'll have to show up to work. Work means stress. Yeah. Let's get to work. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock! Hey now, I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out. Tony Kennett's at the Tonus on Twitter filling in. Tony is from the Daily Signal and the new Tony Kennett show. Oh, that's right. Here at 93 WIBC. When is it? It's on Saturdays from 1 to 3. So while you're driving your family to Fair Oaks Farms to get a delicious milkshake and grilled cheese, tune into the Tony Kennett Show. There you go. A good sponsor tag. I don't know if they're sponsors or not, but they should good. Be. They should be. We're going to turn you into a radio guy yet, Tony. There you go. Uh, we've got another person in the mix. There is another name in the mix. So first, Donald Trump said he was running to be the president. 
And then Nikki Haley said that she is running to be the president. And now, get ready. 37-year-old conservative entrepreneur and anti-woke crusader, Vivek Ramaswamy. Rama Swarmy. That do anything for you, Tony? Uh, it confuses me. I, I'm really concerned that I'm going to like mispronounce the name one of the eight times over the next year that I have to pronounce his name. And then you'll be some sort of ist if you mispronounce his name. I sure hope so. I'm racking up all of the ists that I'm supposed to be. I'm hoping to complete <laughs> my collection, you know, collect all eight. The bingo card of ists that conservatives get called could be filled up pretty quickly. Uh, Rama Swamy joins Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. He was on Tucker Carlson. Carlson last night. I think we need to put merit back into America in every sphere of our lives. I mean, merit who in who gets into this country. Let's start with that. OK, I think more people like my parents can be a good thing for this country. But it, people whose first act of entering this country as a law breaking one, we should say a hard no to that. Not just who gets in, but also who gets ahead. Decimating affirmative action. It has been a national cancer. One of my top priorities will be to end affirmative action in every sphere of American life. This would be easy, an easy thing for president to do. Lyndon Johnson issued an executive order that requires anyone who does business with the U.S. government, that covers over 20 percent of the U.S. workforce, to adopt race-based quota systems. Any Republican president since Lyndon Johnson could have taken a pen and crossed that out. We haven't done it yet. I think that's the kind of courage we're going to need to muster yes. to go after these sacred cows from woke religion in the form of affirmative action to this new climate religion, which is completely shackling the American economy and culture. We need to take the most sacred cows of these alternative secular religions, and I'm sorry to say this, take them to the slaughterhouse, because that's what, what it's going to take for this national revival where we stop apologizing for what it means to be American. So, Tony Kennett, that was probably the first time the majority of Americans have heard of this guy last night on Tucker Carlson. His Dude, opening I'm, speech there, has that moved the needle? I, I'm a conservative journalist. I have never, ever heard of this guy. I have run in a lot of the different circles. I've gone to CPAC. I've gone to the ALEC conference, the SPN conference. I've gone to Heritage stuff. I've never even heard of this dude. Is that a bad thing? No, not necessarily. However, you run the risk when you are unknown and you get out and you say something. And most of what he said was OK. Most of what he said was OK. I have a few questions on who gets to decide who's qualified for immigration, uh, because what he may find valuable, someone else may not find as valuable. Uh, this is the catch, though. Has he been on tape saying anything stupid? Because now that his name is in the ring, people are going to scour the records. Has this dude said stupid stuff? Well, interesting you bring that up, my friend. Oh, boy. Because now there's a clip of Candace Owens explaining why new Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson was a problem because she was soft on sentencing for child pornographic traffickers. That was the knock on Ketanji Brown-Jackson. She went soft on child porn. So this conversation that Candace Owens was having with Vivak Ramaswamy starting to go viral. Listen to Candace Owens lay out some of the bad decisions that Justice Jackson has made. And then you're going to hear an interesting statement from Vivak at the end. 
2013, she gave Wesley Hawkins three months. They recommended two years in prison. He was busted posting videos on YouTube of boys as young as 11. I want to be clear, two years is not even long enough for that, but she reduced it to three months in prison. 2017, she gave Neil Stewart just 57 months in jail. Uh, 97 months uh, is what was recommended. He confided to an undercover officer posing as a fellow child predator that he was interested in and willing children between the ages of 5 and 11. He was looking to have sexual contact with them. In 2021, she gave Ryan Manning just 60 months. They recommended 72 months, so an entire year more. Um, he had 600 images and a video of a prepubescent boy being penetrated anally and orally by an older man. I don't think that this is actually the hill that we as conservatives should die on what? with respect to her nomination. What? That, I, I'm sorry, I, if you have child porn, you should get the noose. The noose I, in, in the center of town square. This is it. That's what I'm talking about. There's always something that comes to the forefront. People want to talk about what a grifter is. People accuse me of being a grifter. I, my ideological statements are consistent. I say the same thing yesterday as I do today as I will tomorrow because I believe in what I am pushing. This guy claims to be against woke garbage and yet throwing pedophiles away for life or giving them the noose, that's not the hill to die on. I don't want you anywhere near the White House. Be gone. Now, because things sometimes can get taken out of context. And I don't want to be accused of being guilty of that. His angle was that she's made so many bad decisions, you can't just say one area of her judgment is the hill you want to die on. But when you hear Candace Owens lay out the horrific things these people have done and have gotten sweetheart deals from Ketanji Brown Jackson, the next words out of your mouth should not be, well, anything. Also, aren't we <laughs> judging aren't we judging her quality of being a judge in her nomination to being the highest judge of the land? I kind of think that how you rule in cases is germane here. This isn't like she's running for mayor or whether KJB was running for uh, governor or the Senate. She was being nominated for a Supreme Court justice, the highest judge we can have in the country. Yeah, your decisions matter, and that is a hill worth dying on. For a guy who says that merit is the cornerstone of his campaign, this seems like an area where she failed in merit and... I guess that that's not the hill to die on. So what is the hill to die on for this guy? I, I, I don't know. Listen, some people like this guy. There's a guy in the uh, YouTube chat right now, Seth. Uh, his book, Woke Inc., was outstanding. Let him run. And by the way, I'm saying his name wrong. Uh, see, there you go. You're going to collect all of the ists before I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. It's a Ball State education. It's the best I got. Uh, but listen, I'm all for people that want to run. But let's be honest here. Let's put all the cards in the middle of the table. There's a better chance of me being the number one pick in the NBA draft than this guy ever moving the needle in a presidential run. Yeah, Nikki Haley's not going to take down Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Neither is this dude. Neither uh, is Mike Pence. Neither no. is Mike Pompeo. No. It's a two-person race, and only one of them is officially in right now. Right. The other one is going to be George Washington into the race at the last minute. That's the way it is. And uh, if I'm wrong, by the way, I, I'll admit that I'm wrong when we come down the line. If everyone's going, yeah, Vivek, let's go, then, then okay, we'll get there. But right now, from what I'm seeing, what's in front of me, as we said yesterday, the facts are this guy doesn't have it. And based on what he said about uh, dying on the hill of throwing away child predators for life, I don't think I want anything to do with him. Do you know who loves this, though? Donald Trump. 
And let me tell you why. You're probably thinking to yourself, no, wait a minute. Why does he want more people in the mix? Because Donald Trump's base is so loyal, they are voting for Donald Trump. You are not wavering them from Donald Trump. It's not going to be DeSantis. It's not going to be anybody else. They are Trump loyal. I see it on social media. We talk to people. His base is the most loyal base I think I've ever seen in political history. So the more people that get in the mix... I think hurts Ron DeSantis more than anybody else. Assuming Ron DeSantis gets in the mix here, and we think that he will, I think the more people in the field chips away at his totals, which means that if Donald Trump still keeps a good, strong base, he could win the primary. Now, I'm not sure about the general, right. but he could win the primary with a number just high enough that everybody else kind of eats each other. That assumes that Nikki Haley is going to be pulling off the establishment neocon Republican look better than DeSantis, who really is mini Reagan. And I, I say that with all of the good stuff and the bad stuff that people bring up on the right side of the aisle about him. DeSantis seems kind of perfectly cut for that. For others to kind of out DeSantis DeSantis, I just don't see it. Nikki Haley tries to have personality, uh, but she's about as interesting as a wet paper sack, and her policy opinions are all six months old as soon as donors say they're safe. I just don't see it. Tony Kennett filling in for Big Nige. Allison, hit me with some legal stuff. Crime. Punishment. Judges. Legal stuff. By a show of hands in the studio. Who wants to hear from a lunatic? Always. Everybody? Everybody's hands up here? All right. Emily Kors. She is the foreman. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. She's demanding to be called the four person. The oh, four person. Otherwise, you're going to have to put an X in there at the end and it, you get into, yeah. She is the four person of the Atlanta-based grand jury that investigated former President Trump's attempts to overturn the 2020 election. She's doing a media tour And maybe it's just me, but it feels just a little bit like her bias is showing. Personally, want to hear from the former president. I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. After everything that you've seen, what would your reaction be if the DA decides against bringing any charges after what you've seen? I will be sad if nothing happens. And if it was just a perjury charge or perjury charges, would that be acceptable to you? That's fine. I will be happy as long as something happens. (laughs) Now, Tony, I'm not Judge Lance Ito. I'm not Judge Wapner. But does that sound like a fair jury of your peers? That's the four person in the Atlanta-based grand jury hoping for something bad to happen here. I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. Maybe this is prejudice. Maybe this is bad. Maybe this is sexist. I just can't get over any adult that talks like that. Oh, my God. We're just gonna, guys, we're just going to get in the court. We're going to grab some gavels and some ropes. And it's just going to be super. Oh, my God. Like, just, just think about it. I can't, I can't take you seriously. You're an adult. Talk like an adult. You are responsible for something that is going to have massive legal ramifications. Grow up. I mean, I can't get past anything else that she says until we get rid of the Disney 2002 cheerleader. A jury of your peers and this lunatic is doing a media tour like she's some sort of celebrity showing her bias off. Got to get the 15 minutes in. If I am a member of Trump's legal team, I'm recording every single one of these. And it's not just people like myself saying this. Maggie Haberman 
who goes on CNN, who works at the New York Times. Even Maggie Haberman says this is a problem. I've never heard, I've covered courts on and off for the last 20 years, uh, more than that. I've never heard of a, of a grand jury foreperson speaking this way. Now, this is a fact-finding grand jury. This is not a charging grand jury, but even still, I've never seen anything like it. If I'm the prosecutor, I'm not sure that I want this media tour taking place because I'm confident that Donald Trump's lawyers are going to use this just based on what I was hearing last night from people uh, to try to argue that this is prejudicial in terms of what she's saying. Bingo. 100%. And that wasn't Tucker Carlson. That wasn't Laura Ingram. That was Maggie Haberman from the freaking New York Times. Mm -hmm. Emory Nigel presents is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? On Tony Kennett is in for Big Nige. I'm Jason Hammer, and this is how we're going to play Is This Anything? I'll run some stories by the Tonus. He will break down all the information and give us a verdict. Is the story anything or not? Let's go. Dateline, Ohio. A pizza place in Ohio was getting some backlash after they put up a big sign that read, now hiring non-stupid people. Here is the owner's daughter talking about the rationale of putting up that specific sign. It's more humor than anything. It's not meant to like target anyone like that or be rude. A lot of people that we've hired, there's really no worth ethic behind them. So I guess that's the meaning behind the non-stupid. And, of course, people are getting their undies in a wad, claiming that it's insensitive. Is this anything? I have a question for uh, the individuals who are upset about this. Are you suggesting that people with, uh, because I've seen some of the the, the crying about this, they say, well, that's that's really insulting to to people with mental disabilities. Hold hold on a second. Are you saying people with mental disabilities are stupid? Because I think that the people that have questions about what they meant are the ones who are insensitive and politically incorrect. Hey, you know what? I don't want stupid people working with me or for me. Uh, if you know that willing ignorance. So yeah, this is definitely something. It's people yelling at individuals who want good staff instead of uh, morons. I think that's you know that's fine with me. Can you imagine waking up every day and trying to find something? to bitch about. Yeah, because I worked that's with, what this feels like it is. I worked with people at Indianapolis Public Schools who did that every <laughs> single day. So th- this is run of the mill. Is this anything? A woman just sold a first generation iPhone from 2007 that was never opened up for $63,000. So this is like a collector's item. The first yep. edition iPhone in the package, never open, 63 grand. Here she is on an episode of Doctor and the Diva telling the story of why she kept it in the original packaging so long. 2007, I got a new job and my friends bought me the latest first generation Because it's a new job and you're all excited job, and you've got to do got this, you know. It's got all these neat things on there wow. to do a new job, like a right. calendar and, and all this stuff. And you didn't open it. I had just gotten a brand new phone. And then a couple years went by and somebody was like, hey, an Apple collector might want that. It's the original iPhone and never broke the seal. And I'm like, it's an iPhone, so it'll never go out of date. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony, now apparently... 
Apple iPhones from back in the day are like the rare Mickey Mantle rookie card. Is this anything? Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of cool, honestly. Uh, I, I watch a, a YouTuber called uh, This Does Not Compute, and he takes these really uh, old devices, um, and a lot older than the iPhone. I'm not saying the iPhone is old, uh, but much older devices, and he makes them work again, and he like finds new stuff and talks about it. I think that's cool. I mean, good Lord, if people can go out and get uh, we were, what were we talking about the show? Some some random guys are, are collecting like old harps and movie props and stuff. I mean, the first yes. iPhone, uh, that's kind of cool. I don't know. I'm sure. Why not? If you want to, if you want to spend sixty three thousand dollars on an unopened iPhone, good good for you, man. Whatever. Does it make me just feel ridiculous that the first iPhone is over fifteen years old now? Like it's sixteen years old this year. The first iPhone is 16 years old. That's ridiculous, man. That just makes me feel old. 2007 still just feels like a couple years ago for me, and then someone says 16 years ago, and it just feels wrong in, in all the wrong ways. Somebody pointed this out to me, and this just made me feel like Wilford Brimley in Cocoon. You remember the show The Wonder Years? Yeah. Right? Came yeah, on yeah. in the 80s, Fred Savage. And so that was a show that was airing in the 80s, but it depicted life like in the 60s. But it just felt like it was so much back in the day. Right. Because it was black and white and the grainy pictures from back in the day. If they did another show like that, based on the timeline, it would be about life in 2003. No. No. <laughs> That's wrong. I, oh, you shouldn't have done that to me. Like the theme is like from Nickelback. <laughs> right. Flow Riders Low is the theme song. Oh, no. I don't want to see them rolling or hating. Oh, it's a pain. <laughs> uh, last one here. Is this anything? A California man has earned a Guinness World Record oh, not for visiting one. Disneyland 2,995 times in a row. You know, this is going to probably end up in even Guinness World Records. And that wasn't even something when this first started that was planned. Guy come in the evening. Evening. As long as you're in the gate before closing, you're good to go. It brings back reflection along with looking to the future, and kind of like what Walt had planned out. That anything? I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> I, if I hate one thing more than the Guinness Book of World Records, anything's a record. The second thing I hate is Disney adults. I cannot stand it. You are a grown person. Why are you spending all of your money at this overpriced theme park where sweaty men and women are running around in costumes? <laughs> I'm not even talking about the princesses. I'm talking about like someone running around in like the big, huge, sweaty the costume. Customers. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> it, it drives me insane. Have you seen the videos of people that go to the parks the first time after COVID and they see the cast? for the first time and they're like crying tears and like this emotional music plays like Sarah McLaughlin I will remember you I can't stand it you're a grown person I know a lot of people don't agree with me I hate Disney adults can't stand it I cried at Disney when I bought the tickets because damn <laughs> those things are expensive it's the hammer whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you and Nigel show the hammer and Nigel show 93 WIPC it's the hammer and Nigel show Tony Kennett filling in for big Nige now, every Wednesday, we have a segment with you. You've been filling in on the air 
but we like to keep things consistent. So consider this your segment here, We still Tony. don't have a title for it yet. We, we don't have a name, because you got Tuesdays with Tony for Tony Katz. Right. Wednesdays with Tony would just feel like it's the Aldi's ripoff. Yeah, and, and although I do love Aldi's, I'm, I don't want to be the ripoff. <laughs> so we'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting on uh, hand and foot here. <laughs> you uh, joined us yesterday in a big portion of our program was talking about this Indiana House bill, I believe it's 1608, which would prohibit teachers teaching sexual content to kindergarten through third graders. And if a student, kindergarten through third grade, wanted to change their pronouns, their name, whatever, the parents had to be aware and give approval. So now it's clear the education committee. Yep. What happens next? So now it gets to go uh, before the the House floor if it's given a spot, and uh, they will make kind of their final determinations. This is usually where the last of the the weak willed nonsense will come into play. This is usually where things will kind of start to depress people. There will be some representative that said, "Well, I heard from some teacher in Vermilion that it's gonna <laughs> be really bad." And yeah, I could have read the bill like any intelligent adult, but I mean they said real bad and so then they'll they might send it back for amendments they might do something like that uh if it clears the house and it should then it goes to committee but here's where this bill actually has a secret trick up its sleeve you see for every other education bill they can call in teachers who aren't insane they can come in in their red shirts they can look totally normal and they can say i just think that it would be very important in my classroom if you blah 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 but for 1608, the Looney Tunes come out. And I mean, <laughs> the looniest of the Looney Tunes descend on the state house and they get in front of the house committees and they just, I mean, seriously, I saw someone during the committee go, hey, and you're like, I, I don't understand how you think that's going to make your case. And that's all that's coming to protest this bill. I've seen a lot of pictures on social media of people showing up to the state house, bringing their kids, young kids with them, with these signs, pre-made signs we support the gay community we support lgbtq what does that have to do with this bill tony survey says nothing again reading a three-page bill is not difficult especially when it is double spaced and it, the, the font's not exactly tiny anyone can read this bill the first page is just a summary of the rest of the two-page bill it simply says that you can't teach about things like gender identity and sex in k through three so you can't you know give a kid the 847 pronouns that are i guess approved now and then uh, you also can't uh the school officially cannot call a student by a different uh, sexed name than given at birth without parental permission. That's it. It doesn't erase gay people. It doesn't destroy trans individuals. Then how do we get to this point? How do we get to people calling this Indiana's don't say gay bill like Channel 13 did? So there was a bill in Florida called 1557. It was a Parents' Rights Education Act that some called the Don't Say Gay Bill, and it pretty much had the same language in half of Indiana's bill, just no sexual content in K through 3. Gay or straight? Yeah, none. You, you can't talk about that uh, you know exciting end to the date that you had with your straight partner or your gay partner. That, that's something that's not allowed. It turns out that a lot of parents in the country do not want sexual content placed in front of their kids, period. Young kids. We're yeah, talking especially kindergarten young through kids. third grade. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, this isn't banning sex education in schools. This isn't banning uh, trans people from teaching at schools. None of that. And that was all answered in the committee. But the ACLU Indiana is so 
desperate to make Indiana out to be this horrible, bigoted place where we're executing gay people on the corner, that they make up stuff about the bill in order to rally, again, the people who are going <laughs> in the committee testimonies and getting thrown out. I mean, they, goodness gracious, poor, uh, uh, poor chairman of the education committee had to throw two people out. It was hilarious. But this is where, and this is kind of where Rob Kendall lives at, there are so many wishy-washy Republicans right. that might get spooked off a little bit as this thing goes to a full House vote, right? Or yeah. discussion, right? And, and, and that's the sad thing. Again, all you have to do is read the bill. That's it. Just read the bill. Uh, but that's not going to happen. You're going to have certain representatives, and there are certain representatives that I've talked to repeatedly. Uh, I, I won't you know, name names at this point, because they, they told me this off the record and in confidence, that they don't read a lot of of bills that go to the House floor. They, they just kind of take in the the ambiance of what's going on. I think Houston's going to push the... Yeah, I mean, they don't read... They have staffers who Google things. They don't actually do any research themselves. And uh, that's a really sad state in Indiana's GOP because we do have the supermajority. I just wish that they would actually pass policies that uh, were effective to Hoosiers, like HB 1608. Tony Kennett with us from the Daily Signal and the Tony Kennett Show. You sent me a story from Idaho, and you said that this has the potential to kind of give a middle finger to progressive nuts here in the state of Indiana, because they're always the first ones to say that something's not happening. I don't know what you're talking about. This isn't happening. The story you found from Idaho, you claim, refutes that. What is it? Oh, so Idaho, not exactly a liberal bastion, uh, found out that a lot of schools were using curriculum that sends kids to websites where they talk about polyamorous relationships and BC bestiality and and the many different kinds of sex toys that you can enjoy and this is being sent to kids in second grade third grade fourth grade and that's what teachers are using these some of these very uh left-leaning progressive teachers not the average teacher but some of the weirdos who get out of college and want to play mommy they get into the classrooms and they share this stuff so when people like uh representative vernon gets in the indiana house and goes is this even happening anywhere yeah yeah it is it's happening in red states it's happening in blue states it is specific happening and what came out of Idaho where they have this extensive and exhaustive list you can find it over on my Twitter at the Tonus uh, is a very serious concern that parents are vindicated in expressing and these are the same people who say is this even happening that swear that CRT is not being pushed at any level in a school in Indiana so this is this is again the question that people respond to stuff like that if it's not there then what's the problem banning it and the answer they give is, well, well, you you could possibly interpret the bill, and they start doing gymnastics and in front of you, like contortionists. Pretzel, yeah, right. like well, you could possibly interpret the bill, and then everyone kind of looks around and says, okay, is anyone out there actually going to do that? And all of the state superintend or all of the superintendents in the state say no. All of the school boards say no. No one is actually going to go out there and say gay people are not allowed to teach here again because that violates the Civil Rights Act and is also not in the bill. But the left says it may not be there, but we also can't ban it because. It's there and it's good. And oh, by the way, you have a thumb drive of all of the CRT that was shoved down your throat when you worked as a STEM educator at IPS. Yeah, there was a lovely moment when they said, if any parents ask you, and I'll never forget this email, also because I, you know, I screenshotted it first thing, <laughs> said, if any parents or teachers, because this was to admin, so I, as an administrator, I was told, if any of your teachers or parents or anyone asks, are we using critical race theory? Here's what you were to respond with. And it was no, comma, robotic line of how we actually care about this, that, and the other. 
together. And I had uh, videos, that some of which I still haven't released to the public, uh, of staff members laughing in meetings that, of course, they were using critical race theory. These stupid parents and uh, some slurs towards uh, Hispanic people, they're too dumb to understand what's good for their kids to learn. So, uh, yeah, that was IPS. Tony Kennett with us. One more thing here. New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Go. <laughs> so Eric Adams, he's, he's going after Ron DeSantis in Florida. And he's like, well, Florida, you know, they ban books. They ban gay people. They ban, oh, they have all of these problems. But New York is this shining city on a hill that everyone wants to go to. Including the rats. Yeah, no kidding. And then you actually look at the numbers and everyone is fleeing New York to go to Florida. The the, the immigration from New York City to Florida is, is really Guinness Book of World Records worthy. It is incredible. Incredible. This man has a crime-ridden hole. And by the way, Governor uh, Pritzker in Illinois is doing the same thing now. He's saying, well, actually, everyone really likes Illinois because we're woke. People are bailing out of Illinois as fast as they can find the cars and the U-Hauls to scoot. These liberal states suck because of their woke policy, because of their over-restriction, and because they just won't leave Americans alone. No wonder Florida's getting so many immigrants from the rest of the states. If somebody wants to continue these conversations or see more of your work, where can they go? You can find me on Twitter at the Tonus or whenever Indiana progressives are whining about me all over the platform. You can find my work over at DailySignal.com where I'm writing a whole mess of stuff. And on Saturdays here on WIBC from one to three. Tony Kennett, host of the Tony Kennett show and the Daily Signal. Thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Nigel show on 93 WIBC. We're having fun today. Hope you guys yeah, are, are too. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jason Hammer. Allison's here. Matt Bear is here. Harrison Silcox in the newsroom. And Tony Kennett filling in for Big Nige. A new study from New York University says it takes us less than five seconds to decide if we like a song or not. So, Allison, I'm going to defer to you on this one. True or false? Five seconds, you know whether you like a song or not. I think yes. Interesting. Tony. I would say used to be yes, but after, uh, I'm going to be really arrogant here, after being a musician and playing a lot of music myself, uh, no. I'm not going to ask you about it. If uh, that's what you're trying to get me to do, I'm not no, going to I, ask no, you No, and I'm not it. asking you to ask me, but just, I, I used to kind of be one of those, like, shoot off the hip, don't like a song, but now I'll, I'll patiently wait and kind of save my judgments for a moment. My wife shows me new songs all the time, and I'm like, I don't know, and then it ends up being good. Has there ever been a song that you've done a total 180 on? Allison, has there ever been a song that... You first heard it, you're like, man, I don't know. I think this thing kind of sucks. But the more you hear it, the more it kind of won you over. Um, I'm sure there is. I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, to be honest. For me, it was the Beastie Boys Intergalactic. Really? When that thing first came out, it was so different than what Beastie Boys had kind of done before. Sure. I wasn't feeling it. But the more I heard it, it kind of won me over. I did a 180 on Intergalactic. Now, Tony, your song was the one we came in with, right? Yeah, the, the first time that I remember hearing Phil Collins in the air tonight, I really didn't care for it in the beginning. I, again, it starts really, really slow. It's a long build And up. then he also waits a good three verses before those famous drums kick in and it's a total banger. But, you know, now that I've listened to it, uh, it yeah, hear it just kind of boring not really a lot going on you're like okay but it's kind of cool right it's well, kind of yeah, after you know the song and it sets the mood and the tone it's perfect i mean i and i'm a massive phil collins fanboy his his tarzan soundtrack is unbelievable same with the rest of his work 
So hit us up on social media at Hammer and Nigel. What song did you do a 180 on? A song that you hated when it first came out, but the more you heard it, it kind of won you over. At Hammer and Nigel, top stories coming up next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Donald Trump made it to Ohio today. Went to the site of the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. Spoke a little bit, met with first responders, spoke with a lot of townspeople. And Tony, Tony Kennett filling in for Nige. Donald Trump beat Joe Biden there. Donald Trump beat Pete Buttigieg, who's the head of transportation in this country there. We're hearing now, now that Donald Trump's been there, there's rumor, there's scuttlebutt that Pete Buttigieg might be on his way to Ohio soon. But how important is it for these people in Ohio just to see somebody look them in the eye and go, we know this sucks. We're working on it. We're praying for you. I mean, yeah, that is really what Ohioans want to see in this particular situation. They don't need someone to come in and and grandstand and and be stupid. They want someone to come in and say very specifically, we're aware of what's going on. Everything in our power that we can do to help you, we will do. We'll hold anyone accountable that we need to hold accountable. Whereas, you know, Secretary Pete Buttigieg is like, well, I'll get to it eventually. And I'm busy having a date night. And I, I can't really answer this right now. I've been doing press about it all day, even though he I didn't really say anything to any of the pressers that he, he did earlier. And Donald Trump came in. He dropped, uh, what was it, ten fifteen thousand dollars in in water and in cleaning supplies for the area. And then he now currently he's uh, paying for dinner for all of the first responders and firemen and chemical crews. Yeah, there's pictures of Donald Trump at the East Palestine McDonald's. Right, of it's course it is. Classic Trump move. It's, it's classic so Trump classic. going to the McDonald's, buying everybody's food that's a first responder, passing out MAGA hats, doing the things. But I'm telling you, the folks in Ohio, they were happy to see him. You watch the video clips that are out there from the time that his motorcade came through to when he was speaking up there. J.D. Vance, the senator, was up there with him. Yep. Uh, they were just happy to be acknowledged. At and this it wasn't point. acknowledged. So so DeWine strolls in with the EPA, and he doesn't actually go around making sure that everyone's okay, actually listening. He says, I can drink the water, look. And then he like drinks the water awkwardly. It goes up to his lip and doesn't really go down further. No. And so, you know, when taking a look at this, you have what Trump did. And again, I'm not rooting for Trump in the primary personally. I have grown really disillusioned with a lot of what Trump has done. This, however, was A, very smart. B, it was the right thing to do. And C, not only only does it make Biden and Pete Buttigieg look bad, it makes Nikki Haley look bad. What the heck is she doing? Well, her donors haven't decided that it's safe for her to go to East Palestine and make any statements yet, so she's nowhere to be seen. And the argument against what Donald Trump did today that I see on social media that people are writing, just a photo op, just a photo op. You know what? Maybe it is. Maybe it is just a photo op. 
but he was there. And that meant something to those people at that site. Because for 19 days, they have felt like second-class citizens watching the president of the United States fly to Ukraine, play grab-ass with Zelensky, right. fall again on the stairs. Mm -hmm. They've seen Pete Buttigieg on camera say, I'm having personal time right now. I can't be bothered. That's so insulting if you live in one of these areas, one of these houses that's been affected by this. And I will make this statement clear, and it's been made in the live stream, and I, I think I made it a little bit earlier on the show. This is a hallmark of what Trump does to communicate with his base. Everyone remembers when he drove, when he flew, didn't drive, he flew in the middle of the night all the way to pick up Otto uh, from the, the, after being returned from beer. North Korea. And that, that famous photo of him waiting anxiously to get the American that came home back after 9-11. Again, he first to respond and make sure that he was available to provide uh, anything that was before he had anything to do with politics. This is what Americans like about Trump. His base has every right to, to agree to this. And by the way, I'd be perfectly happy to see President Trump you know, show up in my town. And again, I'm saying that as someone who's not rooting for him in the primary at all. This was a good move. It was just on its face, an excellent move. And the thing is, this is what drives people crazy about Donald Trump. You see something like this and you're like, right on. That's the right thing to do. I'm glad that you did this. But sometimes he can't help himself and he'll go on social media and he'll call Ron DeSantis meatball. He'll call somebody, you know, desanctimonious. He'll call a porn star horse face and all the goodwill that you've done, you shoot yourself in the foot with. And that really frustrates me because there is a lot of good stuff that Trump does. And again, policy you, wise, policy sorry, wise, phenomenal. Off. I got everything I wanted out of a Trump presidency mm -hmm. policy wise. I did. I, and I, I agree with the, the Ben Shapiro take on this particular thing that he gave his, the presidential policy, uh, a solid B. And then he gave communication around the election, a, a, a D. And I think that's, again, what frustrates me in the situation is he doesn't have to shoot himself in the foot. If Trump would have stayed off of Twitter the entire election, he would have won re-election so easily and so quickly. And again, I'm, I don't begrudge a man from going out and saying what's on his mind. That is baked in part of the cake. The lesson to learn from this, though, is that this is classic Trump that we've seen before. And B, it was a great, great move on his part and his campaigns. Trump gets into trouble with the people he surrounds himself with. It's the story of everybody's friend from high school, right? Somebody that you used to be buddies with back in the day. They might be a really good person, but the people they surround themselves with bring them down. And that could be the story of the Trump presidency, policy-wise. What Donald Trump wanted to do, two thumbs up from me. But you can't go around and saying all these people threw you under the bus when you put a lot of them there and you didn't remove them, whether it was the head of the FBI, whether it was the CIA, whoever it may be, mm -hmm. these were the people that you had a chance on day one to completely wipe out but you didn't do it. Well, Trump has not necessarily been known for being an excellent judge of character with the people around him. It's just not something he's never been known for. His Two candidates, words, the mooch. Right, bingo. And also looking at his candidates into 2022, not a lot of great picks. Again, endorsing Oz was a bad move. Am I saying that I you know, wanted Fetterman more than Oz? No, but Trump did shove his you know, television butt through the primary. And that is, again, something that's going to be a millstone around him. This event in Ohio is not one of them. Good Trump in this specific case. A little closer to home here. Bad news for the roads, road conditions here in Indy. Indiana was denied federal funding to physically make the roads safer after Indianapolis saw a record 40 pedestrians killed last year. The Safe Streets and Roads for All program. 
It's part of this bipartisan infrastructure law. There are two types of grants that are available, an implementation grant to fix the roads and an action grant to create plans to fix the roads. Indiana, shut out, left out of the group of 22 states that were trying to get implementation grants. Uh, just three of the 10 communities in Indiana got action grants and Indianapolis was not one of those communities. I mean, it's an absolute mess. I've popped two tires on my uh, Corolla in the streets of Indianapolis and downtown. It, it frustrates me absolutely every time. Uh, everything is a complete mess here. Traffic and roads in Indianapolis do not make any sense whatsoever. They're horribly laid out. It would be wonderful if we could actually get some things that work on our roads. It would be wonderful if our roads were safe. We should be able to do so, uh, but we're incredibly inept. And, and no, getting a federal grant didn't work out. And, and here it is. A case again, Indiana roads suck. That's a day ending and why. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a year where Indianapolis, Marion County, elects a new mayor. Mm -hmm. The crime is out of control. Yep. The homeless are out of control. Also true. And the roads are awful. So Joe Hawk said, other than disappearing during riots, what would you say you do here? Like, if I'm one of these Republicans running against them, if I'm Abdul, if I'm the pastor, if I'm the other guy, <laughs> you yeah. have to have the ability to go at this guy. You've got to remind everybody, listen, this guy's been in charge for a while. Everything is getting worse in this city. Don't let him do that victory lap that, well, we didn't set a record in homicides last year. You know, the three worst years in the history of Indianapolis for homicides have happened in the last three years. Guess who's been the mayor? Joe Hogsett, Diamond Joe. When the city was burning and people were smashing windows, mm -hmm. where was Joe? Was he drunk? Was he at rehab? We don't know. Rumors are everywhere. But nobody in the city wants to ask him that face-to-face, -face, which is laughable to me. That's the state of the media here. And then you just said the roads. You've popped two tires driving around Central Indy. Thank God I'm a member of AAA and this new My Pit Crew program, because if you haven't signed up for it yet, sign up for it now. You're going to need it to where even if you don't have a spare, they're going to bring you one out and put it on your car. You will need it driving around Central Indy. So what we're going to do is jump in the old hot tub time machine here and go back to a Hammer and Nigel show classic. This was the ad campaign that we put together for the city of Indianapolis kind of based off what they do in Michigan to describe our road conditions. Crushing. Bone rattling. Suspension breaking. Those are just some of the ways people describe potholes in Indianapolis. While most cities have some bumps that cause a slight inconvenience, Indy takes it up a notch with potholes so big they can swallow a Buick. Yes, the holes you hit in Indy cause crashing and shaking so intense Preach. that even the purest of souls will lose their virginity upon impact. <laughs> From the crumbling terrain of Keystone Avenue to the tire-flattening roads of Lyndhurst, mm, the deep. treacherous roads of Indianapolis all serve as a reminder that life is a bumpy ride, and eventually we will all be pulverized, wet, and angry, and stranded on the side of the road. Mm. Message. While I've never been to Afghanistan or the moon, <laughs> I can only imagine the roads there 
are much better. <laughs> and they don't have their mayor wearing customized neon jackets, smiling for photos as my Chrysler LeBaron is stranded on the side of the damn road with a shredded tire and alignment damage. Pure violence. Pure automotive damage. Pure potholes in Indianapolis. Your trip starts today on the Hammer and Nigel Show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Keeping an eye on the weather for you. Warm right now. 70 degrees. I'll take this every time. But we do have a wind advisory and a chance for some pretty heavy rain coming up a little bit later on. So, again, we are going to have a very interesting next couple of days here. Uh, Tomorrow, 64 is the high. Friday, 42 with a low of 30. And I've said this before, I'll say it again, my late great-grandfather, Kenneth Hammer, he had a phrase that always stuck with me. If you don't like the weather in Indiana, go to hell. (laughs) Tony Kenneth's here, filling in for Big Nige today. Uh, Allison's here producing the big show. There's a new term making its way around social media called rage applying rage applying this is when you're fed up with your job and you go home maybe you've had a drink or nine and you just apply for a ton of other jobs that seem better you kind of go on a job applying bender that's called rage applying have you ever done it i've never done that because the act of applying for jobs now requires you to log into 15 different applications and you have to write a cover letter you ain't lying dude one of the cover letters that i wrote uh i i can't remember what i was applying for uh so you can tell i didn't get the job but i think i did end up writing a cover letter that was like i'm good you know it hire me and that was basically (laughs) the essence of the cover letter and i did get an interview out of it i did i did get an interview yeah you got to do something creative i find myself doing a lot of this stuff now because we're applying for scholarships right right the boy going to school next year at und he's got a richard luger scholarship for political science and communications but we're always looking for more right so we're applying to all these scholarships and you're right you have to sign into a site to get to a site who will text you a code on your phone to what then you have to go back and then verify an email and it's so difficult it's a pain in the and ass. all the passwords have to be different they've got to have 15 different uppercase lowercase letters and this special symbol works for here but it doesn't work over here and it's oh i can't stand it uh, here are some other terms that have been trending lately in regards to the workforce. Copycat layoffs. The idea that layoffs are contagious. So when one corporation starts canning people, other companies decide that they should too. Now, in the radio industry, you can't laugh at that because if one company has a bad round of layoffs, yes, it's probably coming from their corporate, you know, another state making those decisions. But it could mean that the revenue is not there in your city, Mm. so keep one eye open. I got to tell you, this actually hits a little closer to home uh, because uh, when I was working for a certain uh, news organization uh, that uh, was hiring some editors, the Indie Star and a lot of the other USA Today affiliates had just laid off a bunch of editors because no one reads their crappy newspapers. And so these editors were looking for work and we were considering some of them. And I was like, oh, please don't bring on the failed editors from these programs to come over here with their garbage politics. So (laughs) uh, I I feel that one. Here's another term. Resent-e-ism. Resent-e-ism. 
ism. When you stay in a bad job because you don't feel like you have any other options and you start to resent it more and more and more. So you're stuck in the job. You, maybe you have a limited skill set. Maybe the options aren't there. So that's when you're starting to resent it every single day. I mean, I've heard of this, but I just thought that was like having a job in a lot of different sectors. Uh, really. I mean, when I, I remember this guy that I used to work with when I was over at Draper and Spiceland for the summer and uh, he really hated his job. I mean, I think his face was etched into a permanent frown. Love the old guy. Love, every day, just look forward to seeing him. He didn't look forward to anything, and I hated that for him because he was a fantastic dude. Bare Minimum Monday. We've talked about this on this program. Allison wrote a great article on this. Bare Minimum Monday. It's people who... We're getting stressed out on Sunday, knowing they have to go to work the next day. Oh, they had the Schmundays. So when they get to work, they've decided to just half-ass everything and just do the bare minimum so you don't get fired, so that way you're not stressing yourself out the night before. See, I don't have bare minimum days. I have your guest hosting with Hammer and Nigel days. <laughs> so I show up at the studio at 1 p.m., and then I, I go and I get a lunch, and I do a nice power walk and pre-record a segment with one of you two dudes, and that that's my bare minimum day is when I get to come in here and goof off on the air for a few hours. And we have tequila and we have wings and we do the thing right in here. And Harrison Silcox for the news. I mean, really, what, what more could you ask for? Um, one more thing here. Uh, this is a trend going around social media, chaotic working. It's also called malicious compliance. When you break rules at work to help out a friend, for example, by giving them an employee discount or upsizing their food order for free if you work at a restaurant or carrying an entire radio show because your co-host is never here. These are just examples <laughs> off the top of my head that I've been, been able to throw out there. Who's coming up with these terms? All right, we're getting to some of these terms, not chaotic work. Everyone has cut a corner to help a friend before. This isn't special. This isn't a trend. This is just being a worker. Okay. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Looking for a reason to binge drink? I think you guys have been playing games with me. Hammer and Nigel on 93 WIBC. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. we got Tony Kennett filling in for Big Nige today, and Casey Daniels has sauntered into the studio <laughs> for the side piece. How are you, love? Did I saunter? You did. That was a saunter, huh? Some damn good sauntering, okay. if you ask me. Um, we got a number of places we can start. Uh, let's start with Ohio. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump, former president, mm-hmm. shows up in Ohio mm-hmm. and... Coincidentally, he's running for president. Right. Now, we have not heard about whether or not officially a Biden member will be moving or going to Ohio. There's chatter. Pete Buttigieg may be there tomorrow. When the time is right, he said. When the time is right. Mm -hmm. There's chatter that it could be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But Donald Trump there today. I'm just curious for your overall thoughts on what you've seen Mm -hmm. from the handling of the Ohio mess. Isn't that something? I think that's just really telling that no one from the Biden administration is there and maybe going when the time is right. But yet Donald Trump is going today. And it just, it, it, the optics are really bad on it. You know, Biden could have said before he left for Europe, his Ukraine trip and Poland, hey, I'm, I'm coming to Ohio when I get back. 
or he could have said something before he left. Like Make a pit stop in Ohio and then head out. Right, and then go. He's got Air Force One to take him wherever he wants. But no, it just, those people there, they feel like they're being neglected. And it looks like they're being neglected. Like nobody cares. And one of the things I see a lot on social media, and I bet you guys probably see the same, is you've got people blaming Donald Trump for the accident. Well, it was his regulations Mm. with the braking, and Mm -hmm. that's what caused the derailment. Mm -hmm. All right. For argument's sake, let's go along with that. What about the cleanup? Because the cleanup is the story. The crash is the crash. If you want to blame that on Trump policies, Mm -hmm. go ahead and knock yourself out. Mm -hmm. But the cleanup falls on the current administration, and it's been a dumpster fire. Yeah, well, the EPA is saying that Norfolk Southern has to manage all the cleanup. You've got over 3,000 dead fish in the Ohio waterways, and they're now saying that, yeah, the initial sludge did go into the Ohio River. But the EPA is saying, but it's such a big river, it'll be delicious. Looted. Oh, they're it's, drinking the tap water it's now. All okay, yeah, and they're, they're <laughs> toasting like, oh, that makes me feel so much better. Raising a couple glasses with water and toasting to drink, I, just the whole thing looks bad. And the part of Buddha Judge not going also looks bad. And I heard him say, I don't want to go there just for a photo op. But that's the entire point of the photo op. You know, they're saying this is a top priority for the administration. We we want to hear your stories. We care about you. What's going on? Really? It's been 19 days. Prove it. Where are you? Right. You're just missing an action. It's almost like he's scared to go because he doesn't want to get yelled at. And now people are calling for him to resign or to get fired. And I think rightfully so. We played some audio earlier of uh, Pete Buttigieg and his date, his husband, Chaston. Mm. They're walking the streets. I believe it's in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. taking some, quote, personal time. Okay. And there was a journalist that comes up, and it's kind of guerrilla style. I think it's somebody from, like, the Daily Caller or mm-hmm. somewhere asking Pete Buttigieg questions. He says, I, have, I had a press conference. I'm not going to answer, blah, 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 blah. But then he keeps saying that he's on personal time, mm-hmm. and he takes a photo of the reporter. That's not how this works. When you are one of the faces of Washington, D.C., when your job is to protect other people, Mm -hmm. there's no personal time. You don't get to take personal time during a crisis. How much personal time does this guy get? I mean, he was missing in action when there were talks with the rail, when the rail strike was happening. He was, he did absolutely nothing but write a strongly worded letter to the airlines when all of those flights were canceled. It's just one crisis after another for him. And I also heard him mention that when he was mayor of his hometown for eight years, he dealt with uh, humanitarian and environmental issues. No, he didn't. You live there. I don't know what he's talking about (laughs) other than maybe a snowstorm, which happens every winter in South Bend. I'm old enough to remember when W got raked over the coals for not doing enough to help the victims of Katrina. Mm-hmm. and Yeah, because he flew over the hurricane, right? Flew over it, mm-hmm. and maybe he went to go play golf or something. Mm-hmm. All right, if you want to play golf as a public official... That's fine. Knock yourself out. I don't care. But when there's a crisis going on, and this is a crisis in Ohio, you don't get to look at the camera and go, I'm having date night with my husband. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. No, and he also said, you know, from day one, we've had, from hour one, we've had people on the ground there, and I don't want to circumvent their authority. What is he talking about? He doesn't want to micromanage? 
that's that he's doing absolutely nothing but running and hiding. And I think he's got to hold Norfolk Southern responsible for it. He's leaving it to the EPA and everybody else to deal with this. Well, where is he? Where is this guy? You know, they're still saying that the soil under the railroad track is still contaminated. They're saying that the tracks need to be lifted to remove the oil. You've got all these people reporting rashes and headaches and nausea, and you've got dead fish and dead birds. And if nothing else, he needs to be there as a symbol for that administration Bingo. to say, you know what, you are top of mind. You are a priority. We do care. To let the people in Ohio know, hey, yes. we're in this thing together. Yes. We're here. You might not like me, but we're here yeah. and we're going to figure this out together. Yes, That's exactly. not what happened. It was almost a sucks to be you when this thing went mm-hmm. down. Exactly. And it certainly doesn't bode well for putting Americans first. Casey Daniels here from the Kendall and Casey show. We're doing the side piece. You and your co-host today Mm -hmm. had a little spirited back and forth. I loved it. (laughs) I was here for it. So this was after Marjorie Taylor Mm Greene, one of the lightning rods for the Republicans. Mm -hmm. She does this interview. She has a statement where she thinks there needs to be a national divorce. We need to have just blue states, red states, Mm. different types of laws in Mm -hmm. the states, Mm -hmm. but all part of the United States of America. Yeah. What did you think? Okay, well, I think, you know, she's a member of Congress. She's on a committee for Homeland Security. She's a confidant of Kevin McCarthy. She's got too much influence to be saying that there should be any sort of secession or any civil war talk. She swore an oath. Now, to be fair, she did not say civil war. She didn't say civil war, but isn't that just national divorce rebranded? I think you can have an amicable divorce, right? Like, I don't want to go to war with California, but I... I would be fine if they weren't a part of the United States either. I I don't know. I think that she swore an oath to defend the Constitution, and that is just more attention-seeking behavior. It's bomb-throwing. She's trying to get attention. I understand her point. Yeah, let the states govern themselves. But... At this time, when we're talking about, I mean, trending this morning, World War III, you've got the president giving more money away to Ukraine and everything we've got going on with China and Russia. Is now the time to be talking about national divorce? Shouldn't we more than ever be talking about unity within the country? Because if something bad were to happen... What are you going to say? Oh, it's not my weekend with the kids. (laughs) Right, right. Now, to be fair, let's be 100% honest. There's a better chance of Clay Aiken becoming the UFC champion than this country (laughs) ever having a national divorce. Mm -hmm. But the way that she worded it was... We'd still be the United States. We'd still help each other out. Mm -hmm. But there'd be smaller government. You would no longer need a Department of Education. Mm -hmm. You would no longer need a lot of these departments sucking your tax dollars away. Each state, whether it's red or blue, could do their own education, Mm -hmm. their own tax plan. Are we doing that now, though? I mean, isn't that the way things are now? I agree with her on the smaller government thing and abolishing the Department of Education. That's uh, something that Thomas Massey has been uh, promoting. So, yeah, I agree with that. But to use the phrase national divorce, I just it it just doesn't sit well with me. Right. I 
I, I see both of your guys' points. I really do. I Because I was listening to you and Rob today, and it was a fascinating back and forth because you both made good points. Because as a conservative in Indiana, mm-hmm. do I want to have anything to do with New York City? Absolutely not. Right. Do I want to have anything to do with L.A. or San Francisco? Let me Absolutely ta- not. Let me take you back, though, to 9-11. You, you have nothing to do with New York, but when New York was in trouble, 9-11, how did you feel? Did you feel like, oh, you're on your own? I don't want any part of New York. No. You felt like this is my country and my country was attacked and you supported New Yorkers. You felt bad for them. You didn't. Because we were Americans. We We were Americans. Exactly. Do you think this country can ever feel that way again? Tony and I had this discussion yesterday. Uh, We talked about how that college basketball game at Michigan State last night, Mm -hmm. that's something that's bigger than politics. Mm -hmm. It was people coming together, the healing process, and you saw that Mm post-9-11. George Bush threw that strike at Yankee Stadium, Mm -hmm. a Republican president in New York, Mm -hmm. standing ovation USA chant. Can this country ever get to that point again? Well, I certainly hope so, and I hope it doesn't take something horrific like 9-11 to make it happen again, to bring patriotism and pride back. And, you know, Ronald Reagan did it with its morning again in America. We just need a leader who is proud of our country to make people feel good about being here. But the guy we got now, instead of dealing with problems in Ohio, he's he's ignoring it and off. But will media and social media allow that to happen? You could have the most patriotic guy alive. Let's Mm say candidate John Doe is a former Marine, a former Navy SEAL. He Mm -hmm. loves America. Mm -hmm. He wins the presidency Mm -hmm. and there's an attack. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that the networks that are the opposite political party and the social media sites and blog sites that are the opposite political party will want unity or will they blame him? I think at first there'll be unity, yeah, and you'll get that that feeling of I don't think there will be. We're I think, all Americans, but I, I don't think know, we're done. I don't know if it'll last very long. I think initial response is this is our country and we've got to come together, and then the blame game starts. So I wish I want to believe that I really do because it sucks the position that we're in right now, mm-hmm. but. The minute something goes wrong in this country, it's the blame game. It's yeah. his fault. This happened because of that. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if we can ever have that feeling that we had post 9-11 or even after the killing of bin Laden. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we can get there. Well, I think we have to. I, we have to for my daughter, for your sons, because what what do you want to leave them? What sort of future do they have if we don't come together? I think we have too much in common as Americans to be saying things like, we need a national divorce. <laughs> right. Uh, we've got about a minute left here. What is up on the side piece? Oh, okay. So yesterday, big list, the comprehensive list of the fish fries in Indianapolis. Of course, today is Ash Wednesday, and it's the beginning of the Lent season, and uh, meat was chosen as a sacrifice because it was a celebratory food, so many Catholics and Christians doing without meat on Fridays, and if you'd like to know where all of the wonderful fish fries are throughout the area, just head over to WIBC.com and select the side piece. The Kendall and Casey Show, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon. Miss Casey, thank you. Thanks. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel Show. 93 WIBC. I'm Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out today. Tony Kennett's pinch hitting. 
went a little long with Casey Daniels right there, but that's all right. When she's rolling, she's rolling. Like Bluto and Animal House. Forget it, she's rolling. But the music you hear in the background, little James Brown, living in America. America is the key phrase here. Because today's a very special anniversary. 43 years ago today. Miracle on Ice happened in the Olympics. The USA hockey team of college kids taking on the professional giants, the Soviet Union. Arguably one of the biggest upsets in the history of sport. And this was the call that made Al Michaels' career. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. believe in miracles yes i still love hearing that it's the hammer and nigel show